Uh, so welcome, Charlie. We've just seen some exclusive clips of, uh, of the show. What's it been like showing it to an audience for, a, for the first time? Uh, well, because I was very confident with the show, having seen all the, the, the edit of it, and I thought, actually, this is really good. So um, I remember when I first saw the first assemblies, because as we were filming every week, the editor would just cut together what he had. And whenever you see first assemblies, you kind of, you're usually too nervous to actually click on it. You're thinking, oh my God, what's this going to be like? But as soon as I started it, I thought, oh, great. <laughs> They've done a fantastic job. So, you know, I, I was very confident to let people see bits. I mean, they're only little bits because it is unfinished and uh, particularly because there's a lot of CGI to go on it with, uh, with all the sort of mad inventions and things. Um, tell us about how the project all came about. It's been a very long process, actually. I, I was approached a few years ago by um, a film producer who had got the rights to the books, um, and she had heard that I was a fan of them and approached me to maybe write a Professor Brainstorm film, uh, which we talked about, and that kind of dragged on as the way films do, and then it became a TV series, and they said, if we get this set up, would you be interested in, in, in writing it? And I said, well, I'm very, very busy. I'm not sure I'd have time for a series, but yeah, you can attach my name to it. And it was one of those projects that sort of got passed around and moved on. Uh, it ended up at um, BBC uh, Children's, uh, and they were talking about doing it. And I, I had my doubts about doing it with them because I didn't think they'd have the budget to do it properly. Um, but that that kind of uh, that kind of dragged on a bit. And then uh, the guy, one of the comedy executives at the BBC, was a big fan of the books, and he said, oh, let's, let's look about doing that. And he found the rights were with children's and that my name was attached, and he instantly thought, okay, that might work. Uh, so it ended up at BBC Comedy, and, and then once Harry Hill agreed to come on board, it suddenly became a viable project. Uh, you could see how that would work, how it was an easy sell to do at Christmas, because even if you didn't know Professor Brainstorm, you'd know Harry Hill. Um, so uh, he took a bit of wooing, because uh, he's never done anything where he wasn't Harry Hill. Um, but I assured him that I wouldn't give him any really heavy speeches. <laughs> and actually, once I knew that, that it was him, it was great fun tailoring the part to what I, what I know that Harry does really well, and, and which he did, you know, a fantastic performance. And what I really love about it is you don't for a moment think, oh, that's Harry Hill, the character. He is Professor Brainstorm. So um, it was a long process, but once comedy got it, it, it all happened very quickly, which was really... It's clear from uh, you know the the Q and A we've just uh, we've just heard that both you and Harry have great affection for the books. Um, how did you first uh, become aware of them? And you know, once you realised that this was a viable viable opportunity, I, I guess you you must have jumped at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really interesting the history of the Professor Brainstorm books. Um, the stories were originally written for BBC Children's Hour and the radio in the early nineteen thirties. Uh, and they were a big hit, <coughs> and so Norman Hunter did the first book, The Incredible Adventures of Professor Brainstorm in the early 30s, and then a sequel to that, and then he went off to do other things. He didn't, he didn't think of himself particularly as a writer. He, he, he did all manner of stuff. But then in the late 60s, um, ITV made a TV series of Professor Brainstorm, and I think that must have been when I found out about the character, because I, uh, I read the books avidly when I was a kid, when I was about 10 years old, um, and loved them. And they're really funny and inventive and chaotic. And the, the, the first book has these beautiful Heath Robinson illustrations, which I loved as a kid. 
excuse me, so I'm not doing one of my characters. Uh, um, and, I, and on the back of that, Norman Hunter came back and wrote a load more books. Um, and so there was a generation of kids who, who, who came to it at that time. Um, and I'd sort of forgotten about them until I, I had kids of my own and I was looking for stuff. And I, I found a story in a, in a compilation of, of stories and read it to them and they really laughed. And I thought, you know, actually it's amazing that these stories still work now. So when I, and I started talking about them because as, as a children's writer, I talk about books a lot. And um, the publishers and the, uh, whatever came to me. In fact, the, I was asked to write a new Professor Brainstorm book. So I, I didn't have time, but I'm, I'm just so glad to have been given the opportunity to do this as a film because hopefully it will bring a whole new generation of, of kids to the books. And, and because they are still very readable now, um, they'll stand up very well. Um, and also it was great that the BBC were really behind it because they had the resources to do it properly. It's a, it's, it's a pretty big budget show. Um, so it mean, meant we could probably build a lot of the machines and the inventions, and then we can add to that and, and build other ones that are entirely kind of computer generated. You talked about getting Harry on board. Was he always the first choice? He was actually. Um, and, I, and in fact, the, BB, the BBC said, how about Harry Hill? And I thought, yes, he's bald. Uh, but it wasn't just you know there was a certain feeling of all right who's a bald actor who could do this Uh, but actually he was a perfect fit for the part um, because he he exists in his own anarchic little world and um, there's there's no malice in what he does Uh, he can be quite sharp and and having a go at people but somehow you forgive him for it and, and that works very well for the character of Professor Brainstorm, who creates incredible chaos around himself, but is entirely oblivious to it. He's just in his little world, and all he's thinking about is his next invention. So it, it was a great fit, and uh, we had some early meetings together, and you know he, he had certain, you know, he wanted to make sure that this was going to work for him, uh, and we needed to make sure that he was going to work for us, and... and and luckily it worked out well on both fronts. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the ambition. Uh, ben Farrell, the executive producer, has also talked up the ambition of the show. What were some of the more challenging elements of the, the production? Well, A, it's a period piece. Um, it's set in a sort of undefined part of the olden days, anywhere between the 30s and the 50s. That's always expensive. You know, if you get extras in, they've got to wear period pieces, period clothing. If you, you know, if you've got the vehicles, you've got to find places in England that you can still shoot as as, as the olden days. And, and luckily, we, we the very good location um, person found these great uh, couple of two different towns that they used. Um, so that side of it is expensive. Um, there was a, you know, it's a big cast of big names, um, which costs you money. Uh, and also there is this, this uh, big element of the, of the CGI, of the computer-generated machines and getting all that to work. You know, it, this is probably something we couldn't have done 10 years ago, certainly not 20 years ago, but the technology now is so advanced and is really, you know, it has got cheaper, but it is still an expensive process. And the actual contraptions that Professor Brainstorm creates, um, what was it like making those? Well, the great thing was that the designer said, look, let's make as much as we can. And he had a real feel for uh, of what makes those inventions fun. It's the, little, it's the weird bits and pieces you bolt onto them that, that you, know, you wouldn't expect. 
and, and you know, there's machines made out of sewing machines and typewriters and garden implements and kitchen implements. And then once he started showing his designs and some of his early, um, well, they weren't models, they were actually machines. And I just thought, oh, you know, they're going to look so beautiful. Uh, and, it, and it's great that it's not all computer generated. It's not a big kind of Hollywood thing. That these are actual things that you can feel and touch and, and play with, which Harry loved because he loves props. He loves working with bits and pieces and odd contraptions that sometimes work and sometimes don't, but have that kind of DIY feel about them. Uh, and so it was great that he could actually interact with, with the machines that we, that, that we had made. And you're, you're in the show, you play with the mayor of, uh, of the town. Uh, was that always the intention? And I, I had not originally intended to be in the show because I, uh, I'm really busy on three other fairly big projects at the moment. And I said, look, I would love to be in this, but I, I, don't, uh, I don't have the time. Uh, so sadly, I, I, I passed these parts on. But then um, Brian Blessed was lined up to play the mayor of Pagwell. Um, uh, but he had an eye infection and, and had to pull out. So at the last minute, we had a read-through, and I said, well, I'll read the mayor and afterwards they said well that was fine well, you know, why don't you do the part it would be great and I thought it was only two days filming so I thought well if it's two days over a weekend that's fine so I said yeah alright yeah and then I found out it was five days filming uh, so that was a whole week gone um, and I had to I had to pretend to the other productions I was working on that I was off doing important work. But then when I started tweeting pictures of myself in a giant beard <laughs> and an outrageous mayor's costume, I think they realised I was up to something. They cottoned on. Yes, but no, it was such fun. And I'm so glad that it worked out that because um, we had this one big scene where um, most of the characters are in it. Uh, and it was just a joy to work with David Mitchell and Ben Miller and Adrian Scarborough and Harry Hill and uh, Simon Day to have us all in this one big scene together. <coughs> Gosh, there I go again. It's all right, we're recording, so we can, we can right. cut. <coughs> I just got it. Uh, yeah, it was just such... It was huge fun to be in this big scene with all these fantastic comedy actors, and I was able to just sit there and, and laugh at what the other guys were doing. And there's 13 books, am I right in saying that? There could well be. <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to get, I guess, is uh, there's scope to do more. Yes, there are, there are tons of stories. It, the, the books are they're collections of short stories. They're, they're not novels. So in each book, there's a huge amount of amazing invention and, and creativity. Uh, for this film, I've used four bits from four of the stories in, in the first book, The Incredible Inventures of Professor Brainstorm. So there is, there is tons of stuff. And in fact, there, there are two or three stories from that book which I'd wanted to work into this uh, script. Um, so if the BBC did want another one, th yeah, there, there is tons of great stuff. And uh, how much of your own um, input have you, have you put into the, to the, the first show? I love character comedy. Um, and I love quite broad character comedy. That's, that's what I, I do best, probably, is, is coming up with big characters who, are, who are, you kind of instantly get what makes them funny and give them a distinctive outfit and a catchphrase and some outrageous facial hair and you're away. So um, it was great to be able to, to uh, as well as the uh, original characters that Norman Hunter created of Mrs. Flittersnoop, this kind of anxious, hysterical housekeeper, Professor Brainstorm himself, Colonel Deadshot, played by Simon Day, who's this uh, very loyal um, colonel from the Catapult Cavaliers who um, fiercely protects the professor, even though he doesn't understand anything of what he does. Um, so, you know, we had this, that great core, and around that I was able to, to build in 
some other characters um, so that we got a, you know, a protagonist for him in, in, in the, David Mitchell playing this health and safety obsessed local councillor who's trying to shut the professor down whilst at the same time he's in, in cahoots with this uh, industrialist played by Ben Miller um, who's trying to build a huge munitions factory in town um, and so it, it, you know, I just thought well let's, let's put some other really funny Norman Hunter-esque characters around our central characters and, and, and fill out this world a bit. So um, I, I really enjoyed just just writing the, the comedy side of it. Fantastic. And just finally, I mean, ITV have announced that you're doing Jekyll and Hyde. Um, how's that going? It's going really well. Um, again, you know, what pleased me about Professor Brainstorm was that the BBC were right behind it and wanted to fund it properly and support it and give it a big push. It's the same with Jekyll and Hyde with ITV. It's being made for ITV studios. So it's a big in-house project for them, uh, 10 hours, uh, which I'm show running and I'm the lead writer on. I'm writing five episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, I hadn't done sort of big TV for a long while. Um, so I'd been hankering at getting back into it and it doesn't come <laughs> much bigger than this. Uh, but, you know, it, it's really exciting putting together a big, big new show like that. Is that for, for family tea time slot? Yes, it's the sort of early evening weekend slot. Um, the likes of, uh, I think the last big thing they had in there that worked was uh, Primeval. Uh, but obviously the BBC have got Doctor Who and Atlantis and Merlin. So it, it, it's, in, it's in that realm, but designed to be sold internationally because no one else really does that kind of family drama slot. So it, 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 it's it, internationally it should work in a kind of um, a sort of prime time primetime slot it's a, it's a big fan, uh, it's a big fantasy action adventure horror um, it's got everything set in the 30s I, I love writing things set in the 30s um, and you know there's elements of Indiana Jones there's elements of classic 30s horror movies uh, there's a big love story it's got everything for everyone fantastic well look all the best with that and all the best with Professor Brainstorm thank you for chatting to us my pleasure <laughs>